Yo, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? It's me, uh, Rajon. Y'all already know what it is. Real talk with Rajon. Um, I wanted to go live tonight because these streets are on fire. Y'all are on fire tonight. Y'all, y'all on fire tonight. Y'all got, y'all got some things y'all want to say, and I want to give you an opportunity to say it. Um, let's talk about Biden's VP pick. Let's talk about your feelings on Kamala Harris. And I want to do this because I see so many different opinions out there in regards to this choice. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to open up the lines. I'm just going to come straight out, open up the lines, and I'm going to let you guys come in and talk about your feelings on the Kamala Harris pick for Biden's VP. Um, I think I want to get a little into it before I give my opinions on it. But if you've been following my social media, you already know how I feel about it. But I want to let y'all, I want you to come in, right? So I put the, I put the link right there um, in StreamYard, uh, the, right there. Um, let me see. Let me put my mini to put it in Facebook as well for you guys so you can see it. I want you guys to see this. Um, I want you guys to see it so you can come in and give me your opinions. Give me your opinions. Uh. I want to know. I want to know what y'all think. So I'm gonna give y'all a couple seconds to get in here, and we're gonna we're gonna go right at it. We're gonna go right at it because I want to know what y'all think and pin that comment right there. Um, my wife taught me how to pin comments, y'all. So I just pinned something. I feel really good about myself for doing it. Um, let me copy link. All right, all right. Kim Wicker. All right. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I see y'all. What's up? What's up? What's up? Please come on in. I want to, I want to talk. I want to talk to y'all. I want to see what y'all think. There's a lot of people, got a lot of comments. So, you know, I've been I've been watching the timeline since uh Biden, Vice President Biden, uh former, you know, uh presidential candidate Biden made his uh announcement today. He made his announcement today, and I want to get your idea. I want to, I want you to come on 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 here, and let's talk about your feelings. Um, a lot of people have a lot of things to say, so I want I want to I want to understand um, a lot of the feelings that are out there. So I'm, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to come on and make your and make your your opinions known. Um, and and I got the link right there. All you have to do is click the link. Um, we're talking about Vice President Biden um, running for presidential office, making a historical selection, naming the first first black woman to be on the main party ticket. Um, Kamala Harris, she's former uh, senator from California. Now she's the running mate for Joe Biden. Um I guess, you know, while I'm waiting for somebody to, to, to click the link and come in, because I believe that, you know, you guys have stuff to say. So I'm sure that you're chomping at the bit to have your voice heard because I've been reading the comments. Um, and rather, rather you're for or against it. Like, I just want to hear you. I just want to hear you. All you got to do is click the link. Um, it's right there. Coming in. Let's have the discussion. Let's talk about it. Um, I guess I'll, I'll 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 start with my comments, um, since I did call you to the forefront. I'm trying to close some stuff out of my computer so we can 
make sure we have good uh feeds. But um, so I'll give my thoughts on it. I, I my thoughts are this. It's exactly the ticket that I thought it was gonna be a year ago. Um, from the time that um Kamala Harris got out of the uh race. I believe she got out in uh early early January, around January. From the time she got out, I thought she was the pick. I thought she was gonna be the pick that's gonna roll with Biden. I thought Biden Harris just made sense. And I'll tell you why it just makes sense. One, Biden needs energy. Um, one of the things that the people have 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 you know knocked the Biden campaign for was nobody's actually they say nobody's actually pro Biden. They'll say, oh well, I don't want Trump to win. But there's nobody that I can think of, um, except maybe one young man. Shout out to Mari President. That's my guy. He was on the show, uh, uh, Ashley Ridge student. Um, he came on. He was the only person I've seen that was extremely pro Biden. Like I'm voting for Biden because I think Biden is the best guy for the job. He's the only one that I saw. Amari president. I forgot what, which episode of the local story spotlight. He's a high school student. He worked on the Biden campaign even before Biden was the candidate. He was that that's his guy guy. And I, and I'm not mad at that. I was not mad at that. I'm still closing things out. Um, but Outside of him, I didn't see anybody that was, quote unquote, pro Biden. I've seen people that were anti-Trump. So Biden needed to bring somebody in that, one, people knew. He needed somebody with name recognition and had energy behind them. Right? Somebody that you have to take a position on. Now, I know that people feel really strongly about uh, Stacey Abrams, uh, about uh, 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 Val Demings, about Susan Rice, and so many other great candidates that were out there um, to to be the Biden uh, a running mate. But Biden had to think, Vice President Biden, excuse me, had to think on a much larger scale than just getting a black person. <clears throat> That's what they sold, right, Jason? A great point. Show that. He said they never should have sold the narrative that Joe was the only person that could beat Trump. Because we have to remember, we ended up with Joe because we talked ourselves out of everyone else. We talked ourselves out of Beto. We talked ourselves out of Pete. We talked ourselves out of Bernie, which I think we should have talked ourselves out of Bernie, but that's another issue for another day. Um, we talked ourselves out of out of Kamala. We talked ourselves out of um, Elizabeth Warren. We talked ourselves out of Cory Booker. We talked ourselves out of Tulsi Gabbard. We talked ourselves. We had twenty eight. We had at, one, at at its height, we had twenty eight candidates for the president of the United States <clears throat> on the Democratic side. Twenty eight. 28 and we told the democratic party said this is the guy we're gonna roll with so once we pick that guy that's the guy we got what he needed was somebody with again name recognition he needed somebody with a, 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 a past in legislation he needed someone who could stand on a stage and not back down 
And he needed someone that I think I said has energy behind him. Somebody that you have. And let's talk about energy. Energy is somebody that you have to take a position on. You have to be for or against that person. One thing that we really missed out on when it came to President Trump being elected, one thing that we missed out on was that President Trump was polarizing. He was polarizing. You had to take a position on Trump. You had to be pro or anti-Trump. Like him or hate him. He has energy behind him. And when you have energy behind you, that means people are going to come out. People are going to have something to say. It won't get heated, Ryan. I got you. I promise. And I'd love for you to come on, Ryan. If you got if you got time, man, click the link. The link is right there. Please click the link. Matter of fact, let me make a little banner that says click the link to enter. I, I pinned it on both sides. Click the link in the comments section to give your thoughts on Mala Harris as Biden's Joe Biden. I want to be respectful. Biden's running mate. And I'm I'm waiting for anybody, anybody positive, negative, plus, minus, come on in. Let's have this discussion. I got about 30 minutes because my family told me that we got to watch the movie tonight. So I got about 30 minutes. We're going to get our stuff off and we're going to get out of here. But click the link in the comment section. All right. If you want to know what that link looks like, it looks like, where is it at? Uh-oh, where'd it go? Comments. It looks like this. It's the link that looks like that. If you click that, that's the link, right? Come on in. Let's talk about it. I want to know how y'all feel. I see a lot of comments. I see a lot of comments. I just, I want y'all to come in and I want you to give me your thoughts. Uh, Dr. Mitchell, I'd love to have you come in. I'd love for you to come in. Dr. Mitchell, if you, if you, if you have, if you have a, a minute or so to come on in, I'd love to have you be a part of this discussion as well. Um, but yeah, that's what we're talking about. So with President, with Vice President Trump, Vice President Trump, I apologize, Vice President Biden, right? With Vice President Biden, he had to have somebody that you would take a position with. He couldn't take somebody that you could ignore. Think about protests. And this, 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 it's, it's weird. Um, weird, this weird comparison is going to make, but. In a protest, the more likely you are to be able to ignore a protest, the more likely you are to be able to ignore a protest, the less effective that protest actually is. This is a, this is a point I've made on Real Talk with Rajan many times, many times, right? You cannot ignore the Kamala Harris pick. You can ignore Susan Rice. You can ignore, I see you, Jason. I'm bringing you in. You can ignore Susan, uh, Susan Rice. You can ignore Val Demings. If you wanted to, you can't ignore somebody who was just on the presidential stage next to the um to uh to, to Biden. You can't ignore somebody, you can't ignore somebody who will get on a stage and shred Mike Pence because she will. Trust me, when we get that vice presidential debate, she is going to shred Mike Pence. 
Jason, I need I need some light, bro. We we I, we can't go dark night. I, like we 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 got a national. This is a national show here, man. People be watching this thing. <laughs> there we go, bro. All right, tell me how you feel, man. How you doing? What's going on, brother? My bad, brother. Light. I won't even pay attention. Um, I'm gonna jump in, and you baited me into it, so yeah. I'm here. <laughs> cool. I, I love um, it. And like I said, pro plus or minus, pro or negative. I'm I'm good with it. I'm gonna go. I'm pro Biden Harris for the reasons that you said. I'm actually pro-Harris all the way around. Mm. Um, I know she catches a lot of heat from when she was prosecuting role. Um, but think about when that was. Think about what she said at that time, what she did at that time, and then think about the growth from there to when she had sent it. Yeah. And she, hands down, became far more progressive once she got into that Senate seat. Mm. And she's shown a lot of growth. Yeah. So I don't judge off of what you did in the past as heavy as I judge off of what you're doing right now. And she is probably the most progressive, most knowledgeable about, you know, the, the justice system out of all the options he had out there. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that there's a candidate that he, that he could have chosen that would have known more about the justice system than Kamala Harris. Right. I, I, I don't. And I understand people's thoughts about, you know, well, she was a prosecutor and she put people in jail. Guess what, guys? Prosecutors put people in jail. That's what prosecutors do. You, you're not going to find a prosecutor that does not put people in jail. That's their job. It's like a police officer. Yo, well, this police officer arrested a lot of people. Yeah. You know why? Because that's his job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're not going to bait me to talk about the police on this one, but... <laughs> I feel you. No, you good. No, you good, fam. You good. Um, But I will say... And I'm gonna catch heat from all of my all of my protest buddies. Wait, no, about. but that's the thing though. And I, I and I want you before you even say that. Before you even say that, one, I want to applaud you for being willing to 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 not just fall into what groupthink is. Right. And I think groupthink, and this is something that we fight against on Real Talk and Rajan every single every single week when we come on here. Groupthink is the idea that because everybody else thinks this way, that we should all think this way. And we are not a monolith. Even in the activist community, we have different thoughts and feelings on the way on the way things on the way things happen. So yeah, so go ahead. I, I apologize. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just gonna say, if we don't unite behind the grouping that we have in front of us and see the positives, we're gonna fall into a real bad spot. Yeah. And yeah, she may have done some things that were questionable in the past. I a lot of what she did back in her prosecution days, I don't agree with. Right, you know the there was a whole lot of um, it's a whole lot of brothers that were locked up over simple stuff that right are true locked up true underneath her pen, but at the same time, we can hold her accountable once we put the vote in for her. True, we can hold her and Joe accountable. True, and we can push and drive that all the way through. But from what she's shown since she's been in Senate, I don't see it. I don't see it being an issue going forward. Other than if there's if she finds a way to correct her past, mm. you thank know, you, man. We can set some brothers free. You know, you get in the house. Set some yeah, free. like yeah, like you have the opportunity to do that. Like they have clemency. Like we have seen all President Trump's friends walking down the street who's supposed to be in jail. So right. you know why I can't? Why I can't? You know, Kamala say, "Hey, yo, Joe. Like, okay, like we got to we got to do this because I think she's gonna she's gonna have to address that part of it." She's going to have to address the part of her prosecu prosecutorial um, past. 
So, so thank you so much, bro. I see we got somebody else came in, so I'm gonna bring him in. Thank you so much for joining us, bro. Do y'all got any protests to, to um advertise before I, before I get you off here? Um, pay attention tomorrow. There's gonna be a big press release. Um, not from us, but from a legal standpoint. I don't know if you're already in the knowing that story or not. No. And we are coming in right behind it. Also, cool. let me shout out um Justice for Ion Assass, North Charleston. Yep. We need everybody to stand up and continue continue driving that justice for Ayana. I think we're going to be back out there for her again, but we did bring the media awareness. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, man, I'm not going to hold you, but you guys take it easy. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much for all you do. Stand as one. I yes, see you. Sir. Yes, sir. All right, man, all thank right. you. All right, we're going to take him out. We're going to bring in Dr. Jerez Mitchell. So, so first of all, thank you all so much for watching. Um, please, uh, if you have something to say about this about this, about this, this topic, yo, click the link. Click the link and come in. Positive, negative, this is not a place for me to argue with you. I don't scream and yell at people. We just talk. So I'm bringing people on to talk. Dr. Jerez Mitchell, one of, one of, the, one of the minds, one of the most for, for – Four thought thought of thinking minds of the city. Uh, please, what do you what, what are your thoughts? Um, I am I'm excited to hear that he chose her, but I'm also interested. I I really would love to be in her camp just to kind of hear what they're thinking, what their thoughts are, because you know there there was a point where she wanted his position, right? She wanted yeah. to be the running candidate. Yeah. And so now to take on this position, what happened for her, and how was she able to say yes? Was she able, like, how was she able to get to this point of saying, like, okay, I will stand behind you and I will support you, even though you were trying to debunk him, you know, yeah. several months ago. So yeah. I'm just, I'm just kind of interested how she got to this point. That is interesting. Um, yeah. And so I think it's going to be important. I, for me, I, I need to hear that. I need to know what happened. How did you get here and why this is the best move? Mm. Um, because I was, you know, she was really one of the people that I was really excited about um, beforehand. And so to now be at this place, I'm, I'm interested to know, like, Absolutely. how did we get here? Yeah, I, I think I think that's a great point. Um, I, I, I think so for me, and I said this earlier in the video, like, I always thought it was Biden Harris. I just thought that Harris was going to be the, the candidate. Mm. I thought she was going to pull Biden because Biden, because the one thing I've I've identified in this political world that we live in mm -hmm. um, is that when you give somebody something different, you have to give them something that they know. So when you look at the uh, Obama, Obama, I don't know what just happened. That's you got clicking on your side. I don't know what's, what happened there. You were good. I don't. Oh, so what I was saying was that when you look at the Obama ticket, right? When Obama came out, it's like, "Yo, I'm coming to be uh, the the president of the United States." Obama had to pick somebody that represented what we knew. You can't give two different. Like Obama couldn't go <laughs> hysterical. Obama couldn't go and bring in another black person. Like he couldn't go get Cory Booker or he couldn't bring in a woman. He couldn't have brought in, you know, Hillary and say, Hillary. No, it had to be, she bike. You bike. Yeah, so what I was saying, <laughs> so what I was saying was when Obama ran, Obama had to give us something that we already knew. He couldn't go out and say, well, I'm going to pull another black uh, person in or I'm going to pull in a woman 
or he had to pick a white, an old white man. He had to because he was different, right? Even look at a look at a Kennedy, right? Kennedy was the one of the youngest presidents that we had. What do you have to do? He had to go get an old white racist southerner. Right? I get it. I get so it. We, I get we, it. We, yeah. Right. So, so I was thinking, I was like, oh, well, if Kamala gets the support, if Kamala gets the support, she's got to pull in something that we already know. And I knew her and her and Biden had a friendship. So I was like, oh, it's going to be Harris Biden. I told my wife that when this whole thing kicked off, because I though I liked other candidates more. I don't think any of them had the political capital to pull it off the way that Biden and Harris did. So once Harris was out the game, I said, watch, it's going to be Biden Harris. Even though that night when she criticized Biden for the busing issue, um, I think she had started to, that, that was the night when she began to, to, to gain the momentum. And then remember, she tried a second time to do it. And when she tried the second time, it was blocked. And that's when she realized that's not going to work. And that's when Tulsi got going. And people have to remember Tulsi Gabbard. I give Tulsi Gabbard one name. I call Tulsi Gabbard the Kamala sniper. Really? She served one purpose. Her purpose was to discredit Kamala Harris. All of Wait, this. Okay, all of but this, who who knew Tulsi's name though? Like all I knew, all I knew about Tulsi is I knew two things about Tulsi Gabbard. One, she, she wears white. She wears white suits. Oh, so that's three <laughs> things. One, she wears white pantsuits to all the debates. Two, <laughs> she's a veteran. And three, she was trying to get Kamala Harris up out of here. Go back and watch the debates. After Kamala dropped out, you stopped seeing Tulsi. Yeah, I don't even remember. I mean, I only remember seeing one or two Tulsi billboards. But, like, yeah. honestly, she... I couldn't remember her ever being a real contender. So I, it, it makes sense of what her, I guess, role was. But. Her role was to get Kamala out the paint. Like, I'm to this day, I still think she's a plant. I think, I think, and this is Rajon Lewis, I don't do a whole lot of conspiracy theories, y'all. But this one here, Tulsi Gabbard, the fact that Tulsi showed up on the stage, Kamala was, was charging. She was starting to gain momentum. Mm -hmm. Tulsi gets up there every every night all Tulsi did was tear down people she 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 came at Kamala when when that, that uh that op that op information came out about oh well you arrested more people than needed to be arrested and da 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 da, da. who put that out there that was Tulsi mm. that was Tulsi well uh, listen I'm glad you knew what she was doing because I don't think many people knew what Tulsi had going on sniper man yeah Tulsi Tulsi's a conservative yeah. Tulsi's not even a Democrat. Huh. <laughs> Honestly, this is the most I think I've heard about or talked about Tulsi in this entire this entire campaign. She had one job, man. She had one job. And again, go back and look at it. If I'm lying, I'm flying. After, after Kamala left the left the campaign, when she announced that she was leaving, mm -hmm. Kamala, um, Tulsi stayed around for an additional three months, but she was not on another debate stage. Hmm. Interesting. You did not see that white. You did not see that white pantsuit anywhere. <laughs> that white pantsuit was here in Charleston. Um, she was here. Yeah, she was here. She was here. Mm -hmm. But once Kamala wasn't there, nope. We we're good with you. We'll keep your billboard up. Whatever funding she had up until that point that got her on that debate stage went away 
once 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 Kamala left. Interesting. That yeah. told me everything I needed to know. Tulsi was she was the Kamala sniper. She had one job and she did it. Kamala sniper. She was the Kamala. So so don't be shocked if now that Kamala's the VP, you start seeing Tulsi come around. What is she gonna do though? I think there's several things she could do. Like what? I mean, shouldn't it be like one united front? Well, one, we we know that President Trump is talking about possibly changing out his his running mate. What? Yeah. Why did he say that? It's it's being bantered about. Huh. <laughs> so I'm telling you, there's more chips to fall. There's Honestly, more chips to fall. This is going to be the nutsest period of time we've ever I mean, seen. It's- 2020 really <laughs> is troublesome. <laughs> it is <laughs> like there's a lot that's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. How's Chip? Chip is great. Word, he's so word. good. He's talking. <laughs> he's saying "mama," and I love it. All right, all right. <laughs> tell, tell Chip. We got to teach Chip, Chip to say "vote." Right. <laughs> there you go. You we get, we right get Chip. We get Chip to say vote, and then we make that a viral video. We put that on Could TikTok. You imagine. Listen, I'm gonna start working on it. See, I got it. Just yeah. once you do it, I don't even need no money. I just want just just t- just at Real Talk Rajon. I'm good with that. I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Doc. I appreciate you. All right. Have a good one. Jonathan. Hey, too. All right. Yeah. So that's 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 definitely. So let me go through the comments. We got some comments. It's a lot of comments. Um, da 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 da. Um, Ryan. So Ryan Claymore. Shout out to Ryan Claymore. I would love for you to come on, Ryan. Click the link, man. Come on in. Let's talk. Because me and you, we've never actually been able to talk. We've done a lot of comment stuff, but I'd love for you to come in and talk. Um, he said Kamala is almost Black Hillary. I think you're absolutely incorrect on that one. Uh, she's two faced and all about the sleight of hand. You gotta show me what she's done as a senator that that backs up what you're saying. That's not that's not slanted and biased because there's a lot of nuts stuff that's out there that is not that is not real or true. And I don't I do not do sharing uh, false information. I will share true information. I'll, I'll share accurate information. I don't share obviously slighted information. Um, best choice he could have made, um, especially at this point in time. I agree, um, Regina. Um, back to my points about about. Energy. You got to have energy behind what you're doing. If you don't have the energy, you can't do it. Um, let's see. She preaches prison reform, yet she has put just as many black folks in prison as any other corrupt official, including getting exonerating DNA evidence blocked to keep her conviction rate up. Um, I think if if she did that, if something that if that's something that we can prove, wouldn't she have been like, like why why are people in California? electing her if she's doing that and these are the, these are the things i really want y'all to ask yourselves right because y'all like to put this like negative stuff out about people and then i wonder like if the world knows this then how are these people getting elected how is that possible i don't know if this is official if this is official documentation right then I don't, I don't understand how I don't understand. All right, um, she's done a complete 180 on her views in less than a year. You'd have to show me that. Um, I disagree. Now I would want to get to this comment because that was a great comment that you made. Um, a prosecutor's job is to put the right people in jail. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. I would also say the prosecutor's job is to make sure that the cases that they are trying are cases that they honestly believe that the people are guilty. But once you as a prosecutor have decided you believe this person is guilty, you got to prosecute it to the fullest extent of the law. You have to. You have to. And it's not always the easiest thing. Um, sometimes you're going to have those conflicts. I can tell you this. As somebody who worked, I was a paralegal in the Army. And you may not know this, so I'll share this. I used to be a paralegal in the Army. And in the Army, um, as a paralegal, you know, you have cases that come up. And I've, I've, we've had cases, you know, when I was in the Army uh, for people that was I a hundred percent sure they were guilty? No, but I knew that the evidence that we had said that they were, um, and it may have been circumstantial evidence. It may not have been, you know, but, but that's what it was. Um, again, if you want to, if you want to make some comments, you want to come on live, please click the comment section, click the um, comment in the comment section and come on in. I love to hear from you. Um, da, 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 da. See, so this this is a point I want to get to right here. He said, I sent you a message a while back that I compiled a bunch of stuff about the Democratic Party. Um, I'm pretty sure that the place that you compiled it from was not a um, unbiased source. And that's, again, sourcing is important. Also, as far as Joe Biden, how can you say Trump is polarizing when there are literal videos of Biden inappropriately touching kids and women? There are not any videos of Joe Biden inappropriately touching kids and women. And that's and that's another thing. That's another thing. Like, it's one thing to say, okay, Biden said this. I disagree. It's another thing to make up complete lies about a person and then and then use that as truth while also ignoring the fact that the person that sits that the person that sits at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue has said some of the most despicable things in the like that any politician has ever said since Jim Crow ended. It's that's to me that's the line we have to draw. We have to draw the line between spreading lies, right? That come from sources that are biased and untrue and having an honest dialogue about what's actually happening. We heard unedited video. We, I, I want to remind you, we heard an unedited recording of our president of the United States saying that he would grab, he just grabs women by, by their private places. We have documented evidence of our president and I haven't done this in a while so I guess I'm about to get my bag. We have documented evidence of our president saying that it, that Mexicans are rapists and degenerates. We have documented evidence of our president calling countries in Africa Africa S-hole countries and he didn't say S. We have documented evidence Right? Do I, should I keep going? We have documented evidence of our president saying that his daughter, his daughter, his daughter, come on, y'all, documented. And this is not a biased thing. This is not from a bias. This is actually not, not taking bits and pieces and making them sound like he said something that he didn't. Documented. Now, I said that saying this. I'll say that, and I'll also say this. Vice President Biden, to me, 
is not the greatest candidate for president. He's not. But what I do believe, what I do believe, I believe that he has the ability and he has the wish and the will and the wherewithal to surround himself with people who can advise him. And he will listen to his advisors. The one thing we cannot say about the person that currently occupies 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is that he listens to his advisors. We can't say that. We can't say that. Um, let's see. Group think is so bad. It is turning me off from supporting others. I agree, Dexter. Thanks for tuning in, bro. I don't agree with Biden or Harris's track record, but we have to navigate within the system. I agree totally. Um, if we get, if we get, because it still comes back to voting, all of this celebrating and stuff, we shouldn't be celebrating anything. You shouldn't celebrate anything, especially if you're a Democrat. You shouldn't celebrate anything until we get to November and people vote. Because momentum means nothing if none of us vote. And I'm thinking about the episode of um, Clay. What's going on, B? Um, I'm thinking about the episode um, of The Simpsons. And I'll, I'll let you speak in just one second. Hold up, Ryan. I see you, homeboy. Um, episode of The Simpsons where Bart Simpson, right? Bart Simpson is running for class pre school president or class president or something like that. And he's like, I got the election. I won. Right. But it's not election day. And so like they're throwing a party and he's going around and he's like, yeah, you know, everybody's like, yeah, I'm going to vote for you. I'm going to vote for you. And then it's election day and nobody actually went to the polls and voted for um, Bart Simpson. So only one person voted for the other person and that person ended up winning the election. So there should be no celebrating at all by either side. Um, until we get to November and we know what the winner is. Um, I want to pause right there because this is a very special moment. Uh, Ryan Claymore, Ryan watches. Ryan has been supporting me. I've been off for three years now. For at least two and a half, you've been watching, man. Uh, so I want to thank you so much for coming on. This, this is dope. This is dope. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Oh, no problem. I've been watching the show for a while, and it's like I, put, I fill your uh, show up with a bunch of comments because you like, I'm responding as like, you know, as your conversation's going along, but then it's like, I never get to like say anything as it goes on. Yes. And so it's like, it's like the comment will show up, but it's like two or three minutes too late. So then it's right. no yes. to the conversation going on. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me again, bro. I really appreciate it, man. Um, First of all, let's, we, we got time. We're going to have time. I, I want to skip around with this with you because of the fact that we have been doing the, the comment thing for a while. And I want, I really want to get to more stuff. So first of all, what are your thoughts on Kamala as the, um as the, as the pick? So I've been like seeing a bunch of stuff on Facebook, granted, not a very reliable source, yeah. but the vast majority of whenever I see stuff pop up, like I'll throw it in Google and like, I'll see stuff pop up where it's like, um, there was one, like, uh, like I haven't read into it too much. I just saw it earlier today because the news obviously just came out that she, you know, is now VP running mate or right. running VP. And then, but it was, it was something about like, uh, she had like a near flawless conviction record. And then some DNA evidence came up and I haven't looked too far into it uh, yet, but it's like some DNA evidence came up that would have like, the guy was innocent. Yeah. Yeah. And then she somehow got it blocked. So that way she'd have her conviction rate stay high. Mm. And then, so it's like, but then watching all of her debates, like there was a debate where she's sitting on the, uh, the Senate committee or committee where she was questioning. Um, so like, uh, I don't remember. It was like some sheriff or something like that. And she's debated like Candace Owens as part of like a committee. Yeah. And, but it's, it's a lot of the times where she asks questions that and I'm sure a lot of these people already do, but she'll ask a question that she already knows the answer to, or yeah. if it's not the answer that she wants to hear, she completely shuts them down and doesn't even let them talk anymore. Mm -hmm. And 
it's just it's completely like disrespectful and like completely like unnecessary like rhetoric yeah. so it's like why are you gonna ask a question or ask me a question if you don't want to hear my answer to it I can especially that, yeah. when i start backing it up with like all of this era you know indisputable you know facts and evidence and stuff like that and you're gonna completely shut me that completely shut me down mm -hmm. and not even let me talk yeah and and i've seen several debates where um where she was debating uh um was it charlie kirk and like candace owens yeah and where it's like they're bringing up like really like you know substantiated facts like you know like charlie kirk was uh talking about stuff from the um like the presidential archives and like the library of congress which is a mm -hmm. very very you know solid place to pull you know information from correct and so and like he's like literally quoting you know excerpts from there and then she's like oh no like you can't use this or like she just completely shuts him down mm -hmm. or and so it's just one of the like it's something i can't really get behind so far yeah and yeah no I, I i totally understand that and i think i think that's okay i think that i don't think there's anything wrong with with saying that um that you know that one we need to see what the ticket actually looks like as far as what are the actual deliverables that they plan on on delivering as a as a pair um we also have to look at you know what what are their plans and strategies how is she going to address the issues of her prosecut prosecutorial um history how she's going to talk about that um is she going to talk about the things that she's learned as a prosecutor and how it's going to contribute to her um, to, 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 to helping form criminal justice policy and criminal justice reform. Like, I think these are all things that we have to, we have to, to, to look at before saying hooray or boo. Like I think, I think, but I think that it's too much of what we are getting in terms of the rhetoric comes from unreliable sources. And that's, that for me is the issue. Like this, we got to be honest, right? When people say I've done the research, it normally means I read an article that agreed with what I already thought, or I watched a video that expressed what I already thought. People are not really open to hearing new information, which is why I love the fact that you watch my show because you're not like you're not a Democrat. Like you, you, you're, you're, you're a. a and I'll you know, honestly, nowadays I don't really know what like you know party I follow because like, I did vote for Donald Trump in the past uh -huh. election. And and all honesty, like I still don't think Donald Trump is a bad president. Mm. I do, however, think that he's very, very polarizing. Mm. And I feel like he, like whatever his intentions are, I feel like he has like some really good intentions, and he's trying to do a lot of good. Mm -hmm. But when you have literally everybody in the government fighting you on every, where'd you go, Clay? Yeah, my back. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, uh, my son was calling me. Oh, shout out no, to son. So, um, but it's like, yeah, so it's like whenever you have like every decision that you try to make or anything that you try to do, no matter what it is, no matter how good it may be, everybody's out there fighting you and some figures out some way to put a negative spin on whatever you're trying to do. Agreed. And it, it doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing. If like every single thing that you do as far as like even just putting on your pants in the morning, somebody's pulling your pants away from you while you're trying to put them on. Right. You're not get yes. Your pants on. Yes. And then, so I, I'm sorry. And so while I so while I think that like you know yeah he's a, I think he's a great president, but as far as he's not able to get the job done because of how polarizing he is. So mm -hmm. as, with that being said, it's like maybe it's time to like look into like a new president, somebody that you know kind of checks more boxes in the demographics and stuff. 
And so, so late, you, lately I've been looking into a lot of uh, like Joe Jorgensen stuff. Yeah. Because I think I think she's got a lot of good stuff going for her. Her and people so, actually reached out about coming on the show a little while ago. So I'm hoping I can lock in that interview. But yeah, her people reached like, out to me. Yeah, like I've like I've seen a lot of great stuff. Like anybody in jail, like she's like day one. Anybody in jail for marijuana possession is getting you know is getting released. Like you know, and she's talking about like you know while she per like I feel like she really speaks my ideals, mm-hmm. and because it's the whole thing of like I've always stood you know on the whole thing of like it doesn't matter what color you are, you know we all bleed red on the you know we all bleed red. Yeah. You know, a black guy takes a bullet just as well as a white guy does, and yeah. a Mexican guy like everything. You know, yeah. and it's one of those things you learn in the military, which I know you relate to. Absolutely. And, and so it's it's one of those things. And I, I feel like, you know, the military, I, it's one of those things where I feel like everybody in the country should be part of the military for at least two years. It, it changes that, things. Yeah. In that two years, it doesn't matter where you come from. It's like everybody learns how to work together. Yeah. Everybody yeah. learns like so it really opens your eyes yeah. to the people around you. It's, yeah. you know, like, I think we had talked about on your show before. It's like, I'd never even seen a black guy until I was, you know, like, I was like 10 years old or 12 years old is one of my yeah. dad's soldiers who came over for a barbecue. And like, yeah. you know, like it may have been weird, but I just remember sitting there staring at his teeth the whole time. I was like, <laughs> it's so white. It's like, they're perfect. But it's like, I just never seen a black guy in person. Uh-huh. And, then, so and where like, are you I from originally? Well, I was, so I was born in Hawaii, but I grew up in South Dakota. Oh, wow. Then, okay. So it was, it was like, you know, there's like four black people in the whole state. Wow. And then, so it's like, I moved to New York because my dad got stationed up at Fort Drum. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I ever saw a black guy in person. That's and, crazy. And so it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, I feel like the military really needs to be a part of everybody's life. Yeah. I, then, I, 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 that's something I, I have, I've said for a very long time. I think everybody should, if, if nothing else, everybody should go through basic training. Like everybody should have to go through, through basic training. Like, I think you learn so much about yourself and about people around you and your ability to work in a team atmosphere in basic training, um, facing your fears. There's so many things. Um, I want to ask you this question because you made a very good point about, you know, being a Republican or a conservative and people's outlook on being, do you feel, and this is the point that I made on the show. Do you feel like president Trump has hijacked the Republican party and what it means to be a Republican? Um, I don't think he's hijacked it. I think honestly, I think Donald Trump's just kind of Donald Trump doing his own thing. Because even the Republican Party is still fighting him tooth and nail on pretty much yes. everything. And so, at least internally, at least internally for sure. Yeah. And then, but it's, it's just like even so, like he just signed those executive orders a couple of days ago, where about like uh, pushing the the was it the coronavirus uh, tax relief or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so but it's like everybody's fighting him on that, but. It's like there's a lot of things that I like. I feel like we need a presidential candidate that actually has a chance of winning. That is just like it's like it has a chance of like you want an abortion, get an abortion. You don't mm. want one, don't get one. Don't, don't get one. Like, yeah, yeah. You want to go to church, go to church. You don't want to go to church, don't go to church. Don't go. Yeah. It's like it's it's the whole thing. It's like you know, like I just don't know why it's it's a hard concept to understand. It's just like. You know, treat others the way you want to be treated. Yeah. And it, it's it's the whole thing of like, you know, like people have called me racist before, you know, and stuff like that because like, I'll, like I'll make a comment or something like that because people are acting a certain way or doing something. And it's just like I take everything on a case by case basis. Yeah. Like complete like color, like religion, everything is completely out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like if you're an asshole to me, I'm going to be an asshole to you. Yeah. And then yeah. it's just how it goes. Yeah. And 
it's like I've been to Afghanistan, I've been to Iraq. I know like like there's like well there's a lot of stuff going around about Muslims and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like but it's like I've spent time in those countries. Yeah. And like the vast majority, like like ninety nine percent of like all the Muslim people I met are like really, really cool people. Really and nice people. Yeah. Like you like you just show up like, you know, when I was uh, I was in Jordan and I was like uh, we were on this trail or whatnot. And there was like this camp or something, and these people are, like giving me tea. They're offering me food, and like you know, like all kinds of stuff. Like they don't know me. They don't even know my name. We don't even right. speak the same language. But right. they're going out of their way to provide me that little bit of comfort because it was hot as you know, it was hot. Yeah, out. yeah. And so, but it's at the same time, you know, like we we everybody talks so bad about America and about how mm. everything is here, but. 90% of the people saying that stuff have never been outside of America to realize absolutely true. It is absolutely like, true. Absolutely. 100% true. Um, th- thank you. I want to, I want to, I want to pause right there. Cause I know you were rolling, but oh, he probably got another call. I'm away from the comeback. Ryan Claymore is killing it. He's doing so great. Like I'm like, I don't know if he has to take this call cause he's still on black. No, I'm, that was it. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can't see you though. Oh, my camera for some reason is not coming back. Go out and come back in. All right. So he was talking about the fact that, you know, people talk so much trash about the country, but our country, to me, and this is something I've said, like, I love this country. I love this country. Do I agree with everything the country does? No. But at its heart, there is no place in the world I'd rather live. None. There's none. And And I can say that because I've lived in other countries and I can tell you that there's some things about those countries that I want to know parts of full time. Your screen's still not coming back on. I, I see I see you you're in black. But I don't know why your screen's not coming back on. I don't know. I can hear you. But you know what? Just 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 keep talking. So what I was saying was, oh, there you go. Um all right. so I was saying like like for all for all our country's flaws, and this is something I've said, you know, many a times, like. I love this country. I love this country. I've served this country. I've, I've, I haven't bled for the country, thank God. But I would have. I could have. I've been in positions where I could have bled for this country, but I, I didn't. I, but, but, I. That doesn't mean that I can't point out that there are things about this country that I wish were better. And I think that that's the discussion that we can have. And I think when we have the discussion in that way, we don't turn so many people off from our actual message. Everything's an extreme. And I'll go back to the point of even like the idea of defund the police, right? I made a mm-hmm. video about the idea of defund the police. I think defund the police is a terrible idea because you you ha- you need money in the police. What they should be saying and what they actually mean, most people with a shred of common sense, what they're saying is not defund the police. They're saying redirect funds from the police. There should be funds as much money as we put into the police. I pulled up... um. Our our uh, city, our city um for the city of North Charleston where I, where, where I'm from, our budget for the year. I pulled up our, our budget straight from the the, the, the um, city of North Charleston's website. We are just in salaries and and and, uh, and things of that nature. We spent thirty five million dollars on police, thirty five million dollars on police. When I looked at recreation, we spent three million dollars. No, sorry, we spent seven million dollars on recreation. So how do we spend $32 million on policing neighborhoods, but we can't spend as much or more to make sure that our communities have the things that they need 
for our kids to have things to do that will keep them out of trouble. So like, it's one of those things that I feel like there's a lot that can be said about that because you look at $32 million and yeah. it's like a lot of people think it's like, yeah, that's a lot of money, but like $32 million isn't really that much money. It's like, I feel like, I don't feel like we should have been, we should be directing funds away from the police, but I feel like there's pl other places in the government where we could be sending funds to the recreational areas. Cause right. you, you, you got to think about it. Like, like I've seen a lot of stuff where people talk, you know, talk about cops and it's like, are there racist cops? hundred percent. And then, um, but, but not all of them. I do not believe, not, the, I do not believe in ACAB. I do not believe all cops are bad. And I want to make sure I said that right here. Go ahead. Yeah. And then, but it's the whole thing. It was like, it's like, cause I got a lot of friends that are cops. I got family members that are cops. And, and it's, it's just like, when I see like all these videos, just calling for like, Oh, kill cops, behead cops. Like, it's kind of disheartening. Like yeah. my brother's a cop. And so it's like, you know, but I know he's a really good dude. He's like pretty yeah. much just like the same as me. Like, yeah. you know, he's one of those dudes that literally take his shirt off his back and give it to like a homeless guy on the street. Yeah. And then but he's like, Oh, like I, like I got a shirt. Like, like I've seen him do it. Mm -hmm. And then, so it's, but it's, you know, like uh, you see the argument of like, oh, I got pulled over because I'm black, but it's like, it's one of those little experiments that like I would challenge anybody to do next time they're in the car, drive mm -hmm. around, just like drive around and see how many people you could like play a little game. Like when you pull up behind somebody, see if you could guess what their ethnicity is mm -hmm. and then pull up next to them and see if you were right. Mm -hmm. And it's like 90% of the time you can't tell, especially nowadays with like as dark as window tints and stuff are, you can't tell while you're doing like 70, 80 miles an hour down the highway or like passing and stuff like that. It's like, you can't tell. And people, the other thing people don't realize is like when you're pulling somebody over, the scariest part is when you're walking up to the mm -hmm. car. And then, and so it's like, and even in the military, like you're trained when like you go through mount training, it's like, you always match the, you always go one level above the threat level that mm -hmm. you're going to potentially be facing. Yeah. So like people be like, Oh, look at this. He's walking up to the car. He's got his hand on his gun already. His gun's not drawn, his hands on it, ready to draw it. Because mm -hmm. depending on what the threat level is, like if, when he gets up to the car, he doesn't know if there's a gun already waiting for him. He doesn't right. know if somebody's going to reach and grab one. He doesn't know. And then, um, but I, I, I think the point there, though, I think the point there is, and this is a discussion we've had, uh, me and you haven't had it, but I've had it with, with many people, is one, once you've made that per that pullover, right? Say, yeah, say it's definitely hard to, to identify whether a person's black or white. White people feel differently about being pulled over than black people do. So I can tell you. I can't argue that one way or the other. Yeah. Because I'm not yeah. Black. I don't know. Yeah. So like, and I, I forgot who it was that um made this point. I can't remember who it was. So I don't want to quote anybody, but they talked about the fact that when, Caucasians see police officers, or even if a police officer pulls them over, that person's friend, that person's protector, that person's there for my my own my my safety. So if this person pulls me over, I'm not upset with the fact that this person pulled me over. Well, even if they are upset, I've also seen white people talk to cops in ways that I would never ever try. That's another thing for another day. Day, but but you know, but um, they, they see that they they see that. So this cop's walking up and um. If you haven't read, have you read Michael, Malcolm Gladwell's um, Blank? I don't believe I have. Read read Malcolm Gladwell's Blank. He he does a great job of, of, of describing of, of describing how our personal biases make make play the biggest role in the decisions that we make in snap in snap judgments. So when I am a police officer 
if I already have an inherent fear of African Americans based on biased information that I've been fed, yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna have my gun on that holster. But if I'm not, I'm probably gonna walk up without my gun on that holster. And that's what the part when you look at a Philando Castile video, where this mm -hmm. gentleman literally said, "My gun is in." He said, "I have a gun in my uh glove box." And his, his wife and his kid are in the car and he's reaching, right? That cop had no reason to think that that guy was going to do something. He had no reason. Yeah. Unless, unless he walked, unless he was in fear of that person before he got to him. And the only thing we know about that guy was that he was black. This guy was a registered gun, gun owner. This guy was doing the right thing. His he's not gonna have a police, he's not gonna have a shootout with the police with his kids in the car. That that's not gonna happen. So when you when we look at things like that, that's how that's why we we and, and we got too far far much further into that than I wanted to. But I wanted to talk about the fact, but but like when we talk about that, that's when we're talking about those differences that that we have to agree like we have to understand that that exists. It's like um Barack Obama said once, he said, uh he said, you can't debate with someone who won't won't acknowledge basic truths, right? He can say, okay, I think this law is good. I think this law is bad. Or he said, I, I can say, I think this notebook is full with good information, or I think this, information, this notebook is, is filled with bad information. We can argue with that. We can't argue if this is a notebook. If I say this is a notebook and you say no, that's a cell phone. No, we can't argue that. And that's why we can't have, that's why these discussions aren't normally had in a substantive way. Because we can't even agree with the fact that there's something wrong. And like, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I've always enjoyed watching your show is because it's like, even now, it's like, like, honestly, like, I don't really know what political party I am right now. But it's like, I have ideals and you have ideals or yeah. thoughts. And like I've even like I've had like minor arguments with people in the comment section on your show. Yeah, yeah, uh, I remember. It's, it's it's the fact that it's like we can have these like disagreeing opinions, but it doesn't mean we dislike each other. Right. We both, Absolutely. We both take in like oh, I provide you information, you provide me information. Yeah, I either like it or I don't like it, or maybe we meet in the middle, or maybe like we change each other's opinions on something yeah. based on the information provided. Yeah. But it seems like everybody in America has lost the ability to do that. Or like it's just the whole disagree with somebody automatically means you hate them. Because we're and operating then, in extremes. It's because we're operating in extremes. Everything is either yeah. black or white. And there is no such thing as black and white. There's only shades of gray. Mm -hmm. There are only, there are, there are no absolutes. I don't function. And that's why, why we can rock like we rock, Ryan. Because I don't believe in absolutes. I don't believe all people are bad. I don't believe all people are good. I believe all people are people. And we make choices based on our level of experience. And but that uh, yeah. Oh, I was saying like to like to bounce off of like the when you said the thing about the um the Philando Castile uh um shooting or whatnot. Like the reason why the cop did that is because he was already in fear for his life, you know, based on information that he'd been you know fed. But it's like I agree and I disagree with that. Okay. Like so I agree because um it was he was in fear for his life, but I disagree on the information he may have like the it being because of information that he may have been fed because on uh, 
my example would be this. So like you have a bunch of kids, they'll play together and stuff like that. It doesn't matter what color they are until they have a negative experience that drives them away from whatever behavior they're doing. So Mm -hmm. say like, you know, like I'm in school and stuff like that. And like, like, actually, I feel like I can use myself as a prime example for there because I like, you know, I went pretty much my whole childhood till 10 years old. Never met another, never met another person that wasn't white or Native American. Mm -hmm. And then, and so, but I know like I didn't like Native Americans, even though like my, you know, my grandfather is the tribal superintendent for the Cheyenne oh, River wow. Sioux. It's, it's like, you know, but somehow I came out white. I don't know why my dad's brown, black hair, like everything. My mom's white. I don't even know if he's really my dad. Like, <laughs> but you got a diet like, corn situation. Yeah. But it's the fact that it's like, it's, it's like, I'm nice to everybody until they're not nice to me. Right. And right. so it's like, but now I, like, I've, I learned to associate Native Americans where, oh, I'm, I'm going to get jumped. The first time I ever got jumped was by a group of natives. Oh, wow. And then it's okay. like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to walk down the street and, you know, these people are going to start a fight with me. And so you just learn to avoid people that you associate a threat with because every time like something happens, you know, you know, like something bad happens to you whenever you try to associate with them. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like that's, and so you look at it from a cop perspective and it's kind of like, I feel like it's the remnants of, you know, like racism and Jim Crow laws and like bad times in like the 50s, 60s and like a little bit of now. It's it's unfortunate that it I feel like it's self-perpetuating at this point. And yes, because of the fact that, you know, like inner like inner city black folks and stuff like that or like, you know, even black folks growing up, they're taught like, oh, you know, cops are cops are bad because this happened to me. And so they already have that fear going up. But then. Like you have the cop that's had a you know bad experience. Like you know maybe he you know had a shootout with like a legit you know bad black person, and so now he's always going to associate in his head. It's like oh well this one time like with this, and then this other time with this, this bad stuff happened to me, and then so in his mind he's already got this bad behavior you know associated to it, and so he comes up to like a really good guy like Philando Castile or whatnot Mm -hmm. that there was no threat there at all, but since he's so jumpy because he's scared or like. I don't know, maybe even related to PTSD or something yeah. that like now he makes a really bad decision on instinct because of bad past behaviors. And then now because that happened it now perpetuates the cops are bad. So now Philando Castile's family, now cops are bad. And so they're going to disregard when they run into a good cop and treat the good cop like shit. And so yeah. now that good cop is now going to treat more black folks like shit because he yeah. just had another bad experience with black folks. So and- I, 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 I agree with you to a certain extent. And I, right. I want to go because this goes back further, so much further than just the 50s and 60s. Oh, right? yeah, I just threw that out there. So, I, I know, and I want to make sure, because I want to make sure I make that clear. That that point has to be made clear, right? So I just read a book by uh, Ibram X. Kendi called uh, Stamped, right? And it was um, the abridged version of the book Stamped from the Beginning. It's a really, really great, phenomenal book when you talk about, when you know, people, the term anti-racist. It's with a, a lot. It deals a lot in that. And he's one of the first people to coin the term anti-racist. Right. So he talks about the fact that going that he called he, he identified the person that he calls the first racist. And this person went by the name of Zurara. Zurara was a person that worked um, for the country of Portugal. All right. And what Zurara did is he went to the country of Portugal and he identified these people, these African people. Right. And he said these people are savages. These people are, they, they don't have a God. These people um, are uncivilized. 
And so Zura Ra was the first person to put that out there as this idea of the oversexed, um, belligerent black person, right? This was, I believe, uh, in I want to say the 1400s. I want to say the 1400s. Um, so Zura Ra goes on. called Stamped? Stamped, yes. Yes, it's a phenomenal book. Phenomenal book. Um, after Zura Ra, another person, his name was um, uh, Leo Africanus. Leo Africanus was actually a, another black man, but but he moved to Europe. He uh, he he was in Europe. He was actually enslaved, and he was trained up to 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 read and write and do all these different things. He goes down to Africa and he writes another book, right? And in this book that he writes for the people in Europe, and I can't remember exactly the place that he wrote it for, the country they wrote it for. I want to say Spain. He writes this book, and he's saying, "Look, the th these people." need God. We have to do something to help these people. These people are uncivilized. Again, same thing, uncivilized, over, overly sexual, all of these different things about people who are just being people, right? From that is the root of where a lot of the anti-black, the black people are criminals, black people are racist, black people, these kinds of things are, are rooted from back then, the 1400s, way before even slavery was instituted in our nation. Then you have Christopher Columbus, who does what he does. He enslaves the, the Native Americans uh, in, in, uh, in the Bahamas um, and, and takes them back to, to Spain and Portugal. Um, we, we go on to uh, during the slavery time. Oh, well, slavery becomes an institution in America. Why? Originally, because we have to save the African savage. We are doing this to Christianize this country. This is the only way we can save them is to bring them to our wholesome country and teach them about Jesus. If we just teach them about Jesus, we can make them better. We can, we can save their souls, right? But we happen to know based on historical evidence that people who were slave owners didn't believe that slaves had souls. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so again, Pretty now, good. how do we, so how do we, but how do we keep this? How do we keep, but, but now we have people who are like, okay, cool. Um, we got these slaves. We start talking about abolitionism in this, in the country, in this, in the nation, in, in, in the United States. And of course, we're not even talking about the slavery that's going on in the country of Europe, though it was abandoned in Europe fast sooner than it was in the United States. The United States kept it going. How do we continue to keep this thing going? Even though people in the United States are realizing that this is a bad institution. Oh, we got to remind them that black people are bad. If these black people get out, what are they going to do? Are oh, they going to rape white women? They're going to they're going to kill white people because they're so they they have no control. How how are we how are we going to keep like we got to make like so then you have books that come out. You have studies that come out. The studies that say, "Oh, there's no way that a black man can be as smart as a white man because a white a black man's brain is smaller than a white man's." And this is actual "Quote unquote scientific evidence." The, the whole phrenology thing, right, right, and these and these are things that were taught at the highest institutions, Harvard, Yale, Princeton. They're teaching these things at these higher levels, and people are going through, and they're getting this information from people who don't have as much. Like, if we if we did IQ tests, like like let's let's really be honest, if we did information tests of people right now, like the dumbest people now and the smartest people back then. Dumb people now know more than a lot of them back then did. That's whole you for another day. Anyway, um, so, 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 but my point is that throughout time, 
even during slavery, they would do these things. They would make these black man bad. Black man will rape you. Black man will kill you. Black man will steal from you. You should be afraid of black man. Spin it forward to after emancipation. Right? After emancipation, yeah. reconstruction happens. So black people start voting. Black people start taking elected offices. Right? Black people are, taking, are voting, taking elected offices. What happens? The KKK. The KKK begins to ramp up. They, they start to run rampant, which was started by the Democratic Party, even though it's a different type of Democratic Party than there is now. But it was started by the Democratic Party. Do not get that confused. I know that history. I also know when the great change happened in, in, 19, in eight, sorry, 1968. But, but I also know that. They didn't change. They evolved. They agreed. Agreed. So reconstruction happened. I still think the party as a whole is still just as racist as it was back then. Uh-huh. But... But anyways, no, so, so, so no, no, I agree with you. I, I agree. But let me, let me, let me get you back. Let me get you, let me get, let me get right. to, to current. So reconstruction happens. KKK kicks up, right? They realize, all right, uh, we have to send in the national guard to protect these states because it's going like these people are, there's so much going on that we had to, they had to send the national guard. A lot of people don't notice. They had to send the national guard to protect the state house from riots from white supremacists. Which is why we ended up getting the Great Compromise of 1876, where they're like, okay, cool, let's throw out all the election, <laughs> let's throw out the votes, and we're just going to decide who's going to be the president. So we're going to give you Rutherford B. Hayes, right? And then you get a, you get the other other guy. Um, was it Andrew Johnson? So Andrew Johnson came after um Lincoln, but you get Rutherford B. Hayes, and I forgot who the guy was, but so. So, because they were not going to do reconstruction, they were not going to go with that whole thirty acres and a mule thing. They fought that tooth and nail to the point, like I said, National Guard. So, at the in the Great Compromise of eighteen seventy six, they agreed on states' rights. States had the rights to govern themselves up to a certain extent, and so they pulled the National Guard from the state houses in the South, and then we got the era of Jim Crow. That's how we get the era of Jim Crow. What happens during the era? And then right after that, we get the great president, Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> great guy, right? Plays the first movie ever played on the White House lawn, which was? I don't know. Birth of a Nation. <laughs> Birth of a Nation. The first, the first movie played South Carolina's own Wood, Wood, Woodrow Wilson, by the way. My God. Anyway, uh, plays Birth of a Nation, which ended up being the greatest recruiting tool for the KKK in the history of our country. In this movie, they have white people who are dressed in blackface who play escaped slaves or freed slaves who go around raping and killing white women. So the KKK comes in, <laughs> the KKK comes in to rescue all white women from all black men. After they play that, the city of Atlanta, look this up, has one of the biggest race riots in the history of our country. In the year 1919, the year 1919 was known that they had what I think they called it the bloody summer, where there are more race riots in this nation than in any other time. Kicked I've off heard about by, it, but I didn't really think about the, I didn't really look into like the cause of it all. Yeah. So that's actually really interesting. Like, yes. I'm actually happy yeah, I'm learning again, again, black man bad. <laughs> black man bad. White man will save you. In fact, they created laws. That said, in the absence of a in, in the absence of police, 
the nearest white man has the authority to take take to take control of the situation when black people are involved. There's there were laws that said this. That's stupid. Right, right. So 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 again, spinning it forward. So so this I just wanted to show that if you go from way back here and you have this program and it says black man bad, 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 up to the point where Martin Luther King, who is seen and beloved by almost everybody on the face of this earth, was public enemy number one for the FBI and the CIA to the point that they wiretapped his home. They wiretapped everywhere he went. They infiltrated his, his group and they killed him. When Martin Luther King died, he had a Q rating of less than 30%. Less than 30% of people polled liked Dr. King when he was killed. Dr. King! <laughs> it's like 120 degrees here in Phoenix right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine. That. Sorry. But Dr. K Dr. King was hated. I tell people this all the time. I think, I think his Q rating was like 30, between 30 and 35% when he died. He was one of the most hated men in America when he died. Dr. Martin Luther King. So again, programming. Black man bad. Black man bad. So now let's spin it forward to 2020. And now, no, I may not have been told by my parents that black people are bad. But when, I've been, when I turn on TV, the convicts that I see, even though the majority of crime in our country is committed by white men. Exactly. Criminals. When I think if I if I Google criminal right now, a black man's popping up. Right now, 2020. This isn't this isn't 1920. This isn't 1820. This is 2020. All of that is 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 is, is residual effect of programming that has been put in place over hundreds of years. So when a police officer gets out their car and they see, okay, dreadlocks, oh boy. Let me make sure. Let me make sure I'm. Let me make sure I'm safe. Or big black guy. Oh boy. Let me make sure I'm safe. It's a totally different kind of energy than if I see a white woman. It, yeah. it is, and that's and that's and that's the sad reality of our country. And I can say that, and I can acknowledge that, and still say. I believe that our country is the greatest country on this earth because we are the only country that says when we have laws that we disagree with, we have the we have the ability and the right to change them. We can do that. But that's when I get into my bag and I say, we have to actually take the, the steps that we can take to change them. I, I know I just gave you a lot, man. What are your thoughts? Like, I actually think that a lot of it is uh, it's uh, kind of like a little eye, uh, little eye opening because a lot of it it's like I've heard about, but at the same time it's like it's like I grew up sheltered and I didn't like um, so I remember when I was living in South Carolina for like I was there from what 2009 to 2000 what 15 mm -hmm. and like I feel like South Carolina was probably like like I don't know I don't want anybody to throw it out there and call me racist for saying it. But I feel like South Carolina, like living in uh, like uh, Columbia, was like probably the worst times I've ever had with black folks in my life. I can see that because it's 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 the whole thing of like it doesn't matter what I do, doesn't matter how nice I am, I'm automatically racist. Mm. And then so it's like you know it, it's it's one of those weird things. But at the same time, I think uh, I think we might have talked about the, or touched on this in a previous conversation mm -hmm. of like you know it's like you think back at like 
I try I try to look at everything from like a logical or like a whole picture kind of standpoint. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why do they look at me like this? Or like, why do they talk to me like this? It's like, like, it'll just be something like, they're like, hey, uh, like lady bagging my groceries or like hold the door for someone. It's like, oh, hey, good morning. Or like, what's up? Like people are just like flabbergasted that I said good morning to them. They just look at you like, the fuck did you just say to me? Like, <laughs> like and it's just like, and it's like, uh, said hi. Or yeah. like, you know, it, it's just like weird stuff. And, and so finally, or like, I'm trying, I can't really think of any one specific experience. Like I remember having an, an argument with a, with a dude at AutoZone about something. But it just pretty much ended in me just being like a racist or something like that. Or like uh, somebody told me to like go join the clan, but I don't remember exactly what the argument started. Wow. Over. And then, but it's just like, but it's like, I didn't do anything. And right, so, right. but then at the same time, you look at like the flip side of it is like, is this how like all black people feel like everywhere else in the country? And then, so it's, you know, but, and so you just like, look at like, why are things like this? And yeah. like, but at the same time, it's like, you know, like what what is it um trying to try i don't remember how the quote goes but it's like complaining without offering a solution is just complaining or something there's more yeah. to it i don't remember exactly how it goes yeah. so then it's like you have a problem and then you got to think of a solution but it's like you know but it's got to be a solution that's attainable and mm -hmm. so but it's like in my head the only thing i could think of to really fix like all the issues like the issues with like as far as like race and religion and stuff in america but we have like that little fucking neuralizer that they have in men in black mm -hmm. and just flash the entire country all at once. Yes. And yes. then it's like, nobody remembers like, you know, anything prior to that moment. And so everybody's just people. And, yeah. and it's just one of those things where like, you, and it's like, why is it the way it is in America now? When it's like, you know, granted, like you go to places like Puerto Rico or Cuba, you know, and even some parts of Mexico, granted Mexicans, like my wife's Mexican, but she'll even agree with this. Mexicans are like the most racist. Mexicans and Asians are like the most racist people out there. They hate everybody. Like <laughs> equally. Like, yeah. It, so it, it's funny. Like so, like Mexican, Spanish, even like referring to Asians, everybody's chinitos. Like there's there, there's no Koreans, there's no Japanese. Everybody's oh, wow. just Chinese. Like it's just Chinese. And then so it's like that's but funny. Like, I didn't know that. But like in most like the but like in most of the country, it's like nobody's. You know, you're not a black guy. You're not like you know. Uh, or whatever you're just like cuban or you're just puerto rican or you're just you know like it doesn't matter what color you are you're identified by your country and so i was like why aren't we just americans why do you got to be african-american well like yeah. why do you got to be like native american why do you got to be asian american why do we got to yeah. put hyphens on everything why can't we just be americans like what like you know like i was saying earlier that's a great question we, yeah it's like why can't we just you know it's like oh this dude's car broke down let me help him change a tire and it's just like it's one of those things that I thought that really put it solidified it into my head, like um, like that there's still hope to for that things will get better or that things are getting better. I was riding my motorcycle back from Las Vegas, and it's like I had a club shirt on, like I had you know like my gun in my holster and everything, and it's like and I'm just riding down the road. My piece of rebar went through my oil pan. I pulled over on the side of the road. The very first person to stop and help me was a black man. And he pulled over, he checked to make sure I was okay, gave me some water because it was like 118 out. And mm. it's like, here I am, a white guy, like dressed pretty much how I am now, just, you know, with a you know, shoulder holster on. And, yeah. you know, and so it's like, he could see that I have a gun. Like, I'm, you know, it's like, doesn't care. Like, he stops and gives me water, makes sure I'm okay. Yeah. He was a human being and I was nothing more than another human being to him. There it is. And so it's like, why can't we just keep that going? And, I, and so it's just I, like, you know, 
uh, trying to remember, I think it was Morgan Freeman said the whole thing. It was like, uh, um, the, the way to get rid of the uh, racism or something like that is like, you stop calling me a black man and I'll stop calling you a white man. And like, yeah. it's like, why do we, we don't have to, you know, break ourselves off into groups. So, so, so. you just said a lot. Um, and I think what you just said, I think was dead on. Um, I would tell you, if you look at history, there's a reason why people get dashed out. Um, I'll just put it this way. If you're not considered white, you get dashed out. Um, just look at the history of the country. The first, again, I'm a, I'm a history nut, man. But uh, you go back to, you go back to, you know, the first set of immigrants that came, uh, came to, to the United States from Western Europe. They came over, they were Americans. The second set of, of immigrants that came from Europe were mostly Eastern European. They got dashed out. They were Polish Americans. They were German Americans. They were different dash Americans. And then along the period of time, when they needed more white people for the census, those people became white people, AKA Americans. Everybody else gets dashed out. African Americans are still dashed out. You no longer hear Jewish Americans because they became white in the, in the, in the mid 1950s. So that we don't dash them anymore. And, but you still get Asian Americans, you get Hispanic, you get Latino Americans. So black, yeah. if black people came white, we would no longer be dashed out. But that's a whole other issue for another day. I also wanted to say to the point about why do we continue to have these problems, all right? I think the reason that we continue to have these problems is because though we acknowledge, though we see that there's a problem, very few people are willing to do the research and identify the problems that got us here. Because they don't want to feel bad about themselves and about them, about their ancestors. It's it's hard to, to think my grandma was a racist. It's hard to think my grandfather participated in public hangings. Well, black people can't be racist. That's the whole argument that's always given to me. That's, Even that's though it's my... like I've met tons of racist, <laughs> like non-white people. And then but to even to even to touch on that, it's like if you're gonna do something, be proud of it. If you can't yeah. be proud of it, why are you gonna do it? And right, so, I agree. And to to continue on with that as a basic training story, we had uh, this dude, uh, our head MTI. You call you guys call it an army, call them drill instructors. But our head MTI was uh, Master Sergeant Dylan, big old like yoked black guy, like black as oil. Like you turn the light off, you cannot see this guy. And like like this guy was dark, but he was huge, really scary, intimidating dude. He had fifty cal bullet shells, like full size, tattooed around his arms. His arms were that wow. big. And wow. then. Um, and then uh, we had this one dude, like, picture, like, the most inbred-looking West Virginia white guy, tall, about as big as a piece of straw, like, mm -hmm. but th this dude was a racist. And then, um, and so one day, we're sitting in the bays, and he got caught telling a black joke to another person. And so um, his punishment, uh, the next morning at PT, he had to go tell his favorite black joke to Sergeant Dylan in front of oh, everybody. Wow. And then, so, and, like... It's, it's funny because it's like you see this kid like he gets up there he like he's standing at attention gives like his like reporting statement it's like so uh, sergeant dylan uh, 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 uh like and he couldn't talk and this dude's about to shit himself mm -hmm. and it's like he has like yeah he, he's having to tell his favorite black joke to sergeant dylan in front of like at least 400 people and yeah. like he could barely get the words out and so it's like if you're that proud of something that you could be like you know, talking about that stuff, like, you know, amongst your friends or amongst some other people, it's like, why can't you talk about it in front of 400 people? And so it's like, so if you're not proud of it or, you know, like it's bad, why the hell are you going to do it?
And so, and, but it's like, and I say that, but I'm also the type of person I laugh at everything. If it's funny, I'll laugh at it, mm-hmm. but it's like, there's a time and a place for everything. And Absolutely. it's like, like, and like generally you have like the, okay, like when like you're like, you're talking amongst a group of friends and stuff like right now, like we're talking about some, you know, politically and racially charged stuff, but yeah. neither of us are offended by it. So, nah, we're good. Be, but at the same time, it's like, if you're watching and you're offended by this, you're probably watching the wrong show. Yeah. Like, and, go ahead. I'm sorry. And <laughs> so, this is the nicest conversation ever. Yeah. But it's, it's just like, you know, I feel like a lot of it goes back to the whole everybody should be in the military at some point because it's like a lot of the like all of the core values that the military pushes is, you know, apply to everything in life. Yeah. And and like I I remember the one time like when I was a kid, like um, like, I don't know, I think I was in like fifth grade, like my dad beat my ass because like um, I got uh, I got in a fight with. uh, this uh this one black chick um like if i could go back in time i would apologize to her i actually called her the n-word because like and but it was just one of those things is like like i was nice to her all the time like i was because i was uh, like i was nice to everybody and then like uh, she like got like she like like we were friends when we were like younger like when i first moved there like when i first moved there we would hang out like you Mm -hmm. know she gave me a birthday card and birthday present like i would go to each other's birthday parties and then something changed where like the two of us wouldn't hang out at all. And yeah. then, and then I remember the one time I chipped my front tooth and then she kept going on and on and on and on about it. And like, she'd always make fun of me, calling me out in front of everything. And then, so it was like, and she was like, it was just the whole thing, like really breaking me down. And so at the moment, like, I remember I called her out on it. It was like in the middle of the street in front of our houses, like just as in my head, I'm going to say the most offensive thing that I could say to her. And like at the time, because remember, like I'd never seen black folks until 10. So it's yeah. like you don't really know yeah. the weight of the word when you say it or how bad it is. And so it's like I remember saying it because I knew it was the most offensive thing I could say to her because she'd been purposely going out of her way to offend me. And then yeah. and then so then she like like her mom starts screaming at me and like everybody like it turned into like a big scene in front of the house. Yeah. And then so my dad, I went in the house and I'd explain to my dad like what happened. And then as soon as I told him that he beat my ass. And then I was just like, I was like, but he was like, not but supportive. She, yeah, he was not supportive. He was like, he's like, but she did this. He was like, he was like, blah, 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 blah. like, but then he explained it. It's like, it's it's a race thing. It's like you could get your teeth fixed. She can't change her skin color. Yeah, and it's yeah. like you know. So he's he's like, if he goes on about like that's where he's giving me the whole like we're all, we all bleed red kind of thing. And so yeah. it's it's you know it kind of kind of goes along that it's that like I think a lot of the problems are it's like like we're talking about it's ignorance. And it's people associating like, you know, like bad experiences. So I said it because of uh, I was having a bad experience. So I was associating, okay, she's this and she's being a bad person to me. So I'm going to be a bad person back. And then some reason in my head, I clicked it like, you know, like not meaning like race or anything. Because at Mm -hmm. the time I didn't know the weight of the word. I just knew it was really offensive. And so I said it. And then then afterwards, it's like, oh. And I've never said it like since. And then, but it's just, it's one of those things where like it's ignorance and, you know, bad experiences that cause all the schisms. If we just treated everybody as people, there'd be no issues. Yeah. I I agree. I agree. Totally. I agree. Totally. I I think, but again, I think it comes back to, you know, um, I hope you get a chance to read that book too. It's a, it's a great book um, stamped even Max Kendi. Um, And I'm going to start to wrap up because it's nine Oh four. And I promise my my family, I watch a movie through the night. But um, I, I think th- 
I, I say this all the time. You've heard me say this, Ryan. Thank you so much, Francis, for watching, man. Thanks, Digger, for watching. Um, in order for us to get better as a nation, in order for us to heal from the, the greatest... We talk about coronavirus virus is the greatest pandemic to hit, hit hit our country. The greatest pandemic to ever hit our country is racism. Yes. 100%. It is is the it is the greatest sickness that has ever hit our country. All right. If we are ever gonna fix it, one, we have to be willing to have an honest talk about the past. We have to have an honest talk about the past. People like to say. History matters, and history is important. I often find that those people are only talking about one side of history. And I only I, I find that those people are only talking about preserving one side of history. Because I, that, I haven't heard any of those people, huh? I said I'm writing that down. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't I haven't seen any of those people like advocate advocating for okay. We talk. I'm not gonna get to the statues. I'm not. But just you talk about one side of history. Um, you can't tell me that you know so much about history and then you don't know anything about Black history. And that's that's the honest to God truth. I know a lot of white history, which we consider American history, and I accept that it's American history because it's history that happened in America. But I will tell you this as somebody who taught history: it is not true that African Americans first showed up on Earth or in this country as slaves, and then were victims and then were freed and then disappeared for a hundred years to pop back up for the civil rights movement. That's how history is taught about black people in this country. We got to be willing. We, we got to be willing to sit down with people who disagree with us, which is why I love this brother right here. I, I want to, if, if you watch this and you got anything negative out of this, I don't know who you are and we probably shouldn't be friends. This, this is probably not the, I'm saying this really isn't the platform because you have to, we have to be willing to do this, Ryan. That's why I've respected you from day one, from the first day you came on my, came on and, and commented. And I forgot who it was. I think Josh put you on. Was no, it Josh uh, or the mic? Adam Barrett. Adam, Adam Barrett, my guy, my guy, my guy. So, um, you know, from the first time you came on, you know, and you were like, yeah, I'm a Trump supporter. You were willing to say that and you stuck around because back then I did a whole lot of Trump talk back then. Um, I, I've got, I've done, I do a lot much, much less of it now because I'm more so talking to people about their opinions, but you stuck around, you didn't run away. You didn't say he disagrees with me. So I hate it. We got to stop operating in extremes. There is no black and white. There's only shades of gray. We have to find out what our shades of gray are and we have to identify what is the things about with Ryan, what, what Ryan says. We just had a whole almost hour long discussion about the things that we agreed on and the things that we disagreed on. And we made points and we respected one another and we showed each other the love, the love that can heal this country. If this happened one last every day, comment. this world is different. This world becomes a better place. Go ahead, bro. Cook. So, Heart and thoughts. All right. So yeah, the hit, uh, history, Alexander the Great. He uh, was real big on cultural integration as he conquered yep. all of the known world. He made it mandatory for all of his soldiers to take a wife from the local area that they had conquered yes. so that yes. their kids would be part of that local culture so that that way they would have the same personal ties to protect and preserve that local culture. Yes. And so it's just like you're saying about love all around, treat everybody like people. Don't be afraid to like reach out and you know make friends that don't look like you or like you know meet, meet, uh, meet a wife that doesn't look like you, have kids. 
there's eventually, you know, 500,000 years from now, we're all going to be one weird, like, mutt mix of, like, all the different really cultures out there. Yeah, like, we haven't got there yet, but we're getting there. So, Bunch of mulattoes. <laughs> we'll be the United States of mulatto. It's going to yeah. be great. <laughs> or Jesus comes back. I don't yeah. know. All right. Uh, so, man, thank you so much again, uh, Ryan. Um, this did not... I did not intend for this to turn into this. I didn't intend to be on here this long, but this was so rich to me. Um, this is the there's best a, a break thing. <laughs> How you're painting? I'm moving. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, cool. Well, well, congratulations. Where are you moving to? Vegas. Finally moving my family out there. This COVID floated all up. Dope, man. That's dope. Well, shoot. Shoot me some pics when you get there. In oh. fact, if I come to Vegas, I plan on coming to Vegas within the next year or so. We're gonna we got to Hopefully by then we'll have our house and we're definitely going to have uh, extra bedrooms. The house we're looking at, it's got five bedrooms in it. And like, we're you know, all gonna have God, kids. so it's like, you, you're welcome to stay with me anytime. Oh, look at God, so, man. You are, you're all right with me, Ryan. Thank you so much. This is the best unplanned thing ever outside of my first daughter. So I, that's all I got. That's all I got, man. You, you, you are the man. Uh, I thank you for your, I thank you for your energy. I thank you for your support. I thank you for the love, bro. Um, thank you for the love. Um, we are definitely going to stay in, stay in contact on these here internet streets. Um, to everybody else, thank y'all for watching. This has been Real Talk with Rajan. Um, I am your host, Rajan Lewis. I actually have a show tomorrow night. I'm interviewing the Social Emotional Learning Alliance for South Carolina. Um, they're talking about how do we impact the schools by going beyond the curriculum to make sure that we're we're talking to the hearts and minds of children and reaching out. So we're going to find out about that. We're going to have Debbie Jones, who is the executive director of that organization. Um, come on, check it out. I'm not going to do my whole ending, um, but I will say this. I am glad. I am glad. I am glad. To go back to my original point, I am glad. I am glad. I am glad that finally, finally, black women are getting the respect that they deserve in terms of, of, of political office. Um, well, I say that he could have chosen any black woman to be the candidate. Uh, the, the running mate, and I'd have been cool with it. No, because we picked Cardi B. I probably wouldn't be a big fan of it. But Kamala Harris is a really good choice. She she's gonna do good work, y'all. I believe in that. I believe in this Biden Harris thing. Even if you disagree with me, just vote, 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 vote. If a man doesn't stand for something, God is everything. God is everything. God is everything. God is everything. Without him, we are nothing. To so never forget where your help comes from. And if a man doesn't stand for something, he's bound to fall for anything. Now that. This is Real Talk. I will see y'all tomorrow night. Peace.